You have found the place to be. This is the Self-Love Peddler Show. I'm Sophie McCallum, your personal self-love peddler. Please leave the single narrative, airbrushed, beauty bot images you have been forced fed at the door. Here we examine our relationship with our bodies and the many shapes and nuances our bodies have. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Welcome to the journey. Welcome. Today on the Self-Love Peddler Show, we have Brianna Cornish, who I adore. Brianna is here for a lot of reasons. Um, She's here to tell us about her journey towards developing a positive relationship with her body and with food and good habits. Um, Brianna works in New York City schools. She's a speech-language pathologist and someone that I admire for her very consistent, healthy relationship with food. So, Brianna, welcome. Thank you, Sophie. I'm so happy you're here. Please, um, if you don't mind, share with me a little bit about your journey with your weight. When I was about 11 or 12, I went to my annual physical, like with the pediatrician, and weighed in at 190. So that was my, what I think was my highest weight, but it could have been a little bit more, wearing a size 16, 18. And then my mom, this is probably the best thing she's ever done, made me go to Weight Watchers. And Weight Watchers worked for you. Yeah. Works for so many people. Doesn't work for so many people. It's like it's one program that I hear so many like different opinions on. So tell me how it worked for you and how you use it if you use it today. I think the nice thing about Weight Watchers is the support system. But also as a adolescent, as a kid essentially, I didn't have any expectations. It was my mom saying, you're going to do this. We'll see what happens. I tried it for my son a few summers ago. They have a whole new Weight Watchers program now called Curbo. Have you heard of it? No. And um, it's interesting. They set the child up with a like a, a counselor that they speak with. I think it was once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. And there are workbooks and coloring sheets. And they really, really tried hard to engage the child. But at the end of the day, that kind of change has to be, in my opinion, generated from the child. Like they have to have some kind of buy-in. Right. And it also, it just gives a kid more background knowledge on how to apply different choices when they're met with different decisions. Mm -hmm. So if I come over to your house for dinner, I, I can anticipate what kind of food they'll be. But if I go out with friends, that's going to totally throw me off. So Mm -hmm. I was able to really apply those foundations or concepts from Weight Watchers into different contexts, different social contexts, I should say, where food was present. So you weighed in at, at 12 at 190. And what did the next few years look like for you on this journey? So that was probably like seventh, eighth grade. I just kept doing it. And the consistent patterns, I was like, where is this fat going? Like, 
I how could something on me just disappear? <laughs> like that was a, a weird concept to get. But it just because I learned to be consistent and I do really well with routines, uh-huh. that just made everything come off. And then maintaining it was a whole nother challenge, I think. Tell me more about that. Because that was, remember Splenda? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where Splenda had absolutely, you know, all the bad chemicals. It was in everything. They sold it that you can bake with Splenda. So I was having Splenda with everything. And I think there was a time where when I was experimenting, like cooking with Splenda instead of sugar, or like making cookies, simple things, that I think I kind of bloated from it a little bit. Because it's such garbage. Right. Yeah. And then I dabbled afterwards, like when Dr. Oz got popular. (laughs) I love him. Me too. I would watch his show and he would do all these episodes on how aspartame and all of these chemicals in food are really bad for you. And how does that impact how you feel and, and like what you look like. So then I stabbled a little bit with raw vegan lifestyle. This is like maybe after college. And did you do this all through the lens of Weight Watchers? Kind of. Like a little bit. It's all about balance. That's really what Weight Watchers taught me was balance. Well, that's really why you're here is because I admire your balance. I mean, when I was not so long ago, like around the holidays, I had just had been eating unconsciously, you know, just just consuming. There were many factors. Being aware of your unconscious eating, like, sure, I would stand in front of the cabinet with hands in cereal boxes. Right. But it's being aware of those patterns and behaviors that can help you make those healthy changes. Right. I remember saying to you this past December, I was like, I think I was going through, I have a drunken noodle obsession, Thai food, drunken noodle with tofu. And, you know, my late mother-in-law used to say, don't get near Sophie when she's got her plate of drunken noodle. Like that thing disappears like that. And I remember I was wolfing down drunken noodle. I had COVID because you were I wa- remember you I was watching you through the window. Through the window. You were waving at me. COVID loves me. I've had COVID many times. Um, and you were waving at me through the window. And I said, I'm eating this. And then on the New Year, I'm drinking nothing but cachava, a wonderful product, but not intended to be one's only source of nutrition. I'm drinking nothing but cachava for the entire month of January. And I remember you looked at me, and I'll never forget the look you gave me, like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, can't you? Well, because why do you do that shit? You get, like, stuck on one thing and one thing only. I think, and then you can't just do that one thing because then you crave everything else. It's You're right. It, you're right. And I have wonderful body image. Like I have come to a place where I'm at peace with where I am today, where I might be tomorrow, where I was in the past. I'm not – it's not – but like the food thing is really hard. I spoke with a holistic health coach recently and she was talking about like that balance and changing that narrative and not doing like the feast or famine. And – um I have work to do around food, and you seem to have it down. Well, what's crazy is you seem to have a lot of healthy choices around you. And 90% of the time, I make those choices. Right. And you're allowed to not make those choices, too. So you have to also accept when you're, you know, if you crave some Carvel. Then go for it. Right. Like well, that's I, also your body telling you that you need it. Yeah. I, I I don't 
eat any dairy because well, I, I quit it. But you know, I will say, I just, for me, that was something that 12 years ago, I stopped eating dairy and it was such a shift in how I felt. I mean, like night and day. I don't, I used to get headaches. I don't get headaches. I used to be able to, I, I used to not be able to process the heat. Like I was miserable in the heat. Now I absolutely adore it. My skin quality changed. Like eliminating dairy for me was huge. And so there was a time recently where I was playing around with more kind of intuitive eating, less rules and just like letting what I consume be kind of like being more open to stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought about going back to sort of like eating everything, but then I remember that that dairy just didn't didn't serve me well. And I have no problem sticking to that. But um, how do you stay consistent? Do you, and do you ever slip? Yeah, but not often because yeah. it's more lifestyle. Right. Like I just – I think at the beginning as a kid starting, it was my mom taking control. And then I – it was – like in education, we talk about scaffolding. Mm -hmm. I don't know if other people know that term, but like when it comes to learning, it's like you're helping someone learn to be independent, mm -hmm. like a skill or whatever. Anyway, she kind of gave me the tools to do it on my own. Yeah. But yet your mother, who well, I She's also like a super sonic workout person. Like she used right, to take me running around the track with her. But she always is saying how she looks fat and she's so beautiful and she's so perfect, right? She's got your number. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? They're so, I wish that people could see, you know, off the food topic and back to like accepting body images. Like, you know, if you could see you the way I see you is what I want to tell like every woman, you know, like and it's so like a mother to give her child all of the scaffolding they need, but maybe not access it for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to like slipping up, like birthdays, I'll, I'll have cake, <laughs> you know, things like that. But I'll only have things that I enjoy. Right. I'm not going to have a bowl of pasta with sauce that will give me reflux because that just won't make me feel good. Right. For for a lot of people, I think sometimes it's about being naughty. It's about doing something that you know is bad because you're feeding into that cycle of not enoughness. Like if you don't fully accept. See, I think that's where I'm not in that cycle. You're not. I think I was no. never in that cycle. And if I was, it was for a hot second. And, you know, I think it may, what we might be onto here is that, you know, they say like, you're, you're a speech, uh, a speech language pathologist. Mm -hmm. And I, to correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that if you address issues with speech, the younger you address them, the easier it is to, to fix them. Right. Sometimes with some things, but there is neuro, you know, you can reconnect to different synaptic connections. Mm -hmm. At any age? At any age. Right. But neuroplasticity, that's the word I was thinking of. Neuroplasticity, exactly. But that is easiest when, well, I get, there is neuroplasticity. Well, no, at any but like age. your environment plays a big role too. So, like, who are you surrounding yourself with? Like, right. what social context are you slipping up? But you're having kind of been given this scaffolding at such a young age so mm -hmm. wisely by your mother. Perhaps it is ingrained in you because you got it when you were so young that you've been able to hold onto it so powerfully Maybe. throughout your adulthood. You know, perhaps yeah. going through that. Well, because it's discipline too, right? So it's like, I mean, with Peloton, now that I'm like a Peloton cult person, 
um, like they'll talk about either you have discipline or you don't. But is that true? No, it's a learned skill. Right. It's like confidence. Confidence is acquired. It's not It's not something you have or don't have. Right. So in terms of like you have confidence, you can think of them as like different. They're skill sets that you right. learn. But you need all of those skill sets to interact with each other in order to be successful at meeting whatever goal you have. Right. And the premise of my business is that the first of which is love. The first of which is acceptance. Mm-hmm. The first of which is empathy and understanding for how you got to where you are if you're feeling less than. Yeah. And you, I think having been given that at a young age, you really do such an amazing job of carrying it through. So you work in the in the school systems. What ages are the kids with whom you work? Middle school. Middle school. And how do you have any insight into how young girls feel about their bodies in school? You know, it's it's changed. Tell me. It used to be older, like 13-ish, but now it's maybe eight. What used to be older? Like the way kids are more aware of other people's body images, about how that impacts other people's perceptions of them. Mm-hmm. And how other people, like when it comes to inviting them to others or, you know, like how they feel about themselves, social emotional learning, that sort of thing, that is hard as an educator to tap into. But there's definitely, they're definitely more aware of body image younger. And how do you see that manifesting in these young kids? I mean, sometimes they'll act out like behaviorally if they're overweight themselves Mm -hmm. or they'll just want to be... On the in crowd. What does that mean? Like they want to be more popular. So does that mean thinner? Not always. But they have more of that I want to be like other people kind of mindset. which Like the pack mentality. Right. You don't want that. That's like not a healthy mindset to have as an adult. Right. And it's, uh, you know, I always said it's like deadheads. Um, right. But at the same time, is that abnormal? Like everyone kind of goes through no. that I, I remember in high school, any of my friends who decided to become a deadhead had instant access to a whole community of people that were just like, sure, dude, come twirl with us. You know, like it was a very easy identifier. You know, for me, it was drinking in high school. I was like the girl that could drink more than anyone, you know, like so we all latch on. For some people, it's like the funny fat guy, you know. For others, it's the it's I'm going to be with the pack of cheerleaders. So like it's you find your pack, you find sort of where you fit in. But it is interesting that you're seeing, you know, a five year earlier increase in girls being more aware of their body and what that means and where that places them. And it's not just girls too. It's no, I'm sure I know it's not just girls. As the mother of three boys. You know, I right. see it with boys as well, but here I focus on girls. Right. I mean, the nice thing about New York City schools is they really stress acceptance and tolerance. So that is even – I had a conversation with Ollie in the car yesterday. Yeah, my littlest, and who Brianna is very nicely tutoring in math this summer. Thank you, Brianna. <laughs> he said something that was so, like, tolerant and accepting. We were talking about Stranger Things. I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. Just because I don't want to be that person. But I mean, if you haven't watched it by now, right? What's by the wrong? time this podcast comes out, don't worry about it. Earmuffs. We were talking about one of the characters and the theories behind some of the characters. And he just like blew me away with like how 
wise and mature he was. Mm. So it's like even though these kids might have like middle school age is a tough age and they might have these perceptions of themselves, they're also tolerant too of other people and themselves. Mm -hmm. I think more aware of their weaknesses and their strengths. Well, I think we're trying to be a more forced empathetic society in schools. I mean, like when I was... I don't know. New York City is very different than other places in the country, though. Well, I can't really speak to other places because I'm a born and bred New York city or But I do think overall we're seeing more... We're seeing... I mean, Target has mannequins in wheelchairs. Right. Like we're Rock s- on, Target. Right. Exactly. Like growing up, my best friend was in a wheelchair. That would have been fucking cool for him. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff has a big impact. You know, it has a really big impact, those small changes. Yeah, and you're increasing exposure, you're desensitizing differences, mm-hmm. and that helps with body image. Yeah, absolutely. Although I will say there aren't a lot of larger male mannequins. Like the varied body sizes are prevalent in the f- women's section, but not so much in the men's. Well, I think you should talk to someone about that. I'll get right on that. I'm, I'm going to have to end this I early so I can <laughs> run down to Target and change their mannequin policy. Actually, speaking of Alessandro, when he was a toddler, he had an obsession with mannequins. And whenever we were in a store, like he would go over and like hold the mannequin. We have so many photographs of him just like holding the mannequin's hand or like hugging its leg. Does he remember it? Yes. He'll still be like, take my picture with a mannequin just to like <laughs> kick it old school. He's so cute. <laughs> He's just the greatest thing in the world. What are some of the skills that you use to stay healthy and centered and balanced? My hot takes, hot tips, Your whatever hot, you take Brianna's them. Brianna's hot you, tips on staying hot. No. <laughs> use a measuring cup. What do you mean use a measuring use cup? Use a measuring cup for things you know you're going to overeat. So me, I would overeat pasta, rice, cereal, I look at the serving size. Usually it's a cup. Mm-hmm. And I measure it every single time. And let's just revisit here that we're talking about all of this because we want to talk about how food helps us function and perform and feel good. No one's trying to tell anyone that they need to be a size two. Right. Like, you want to be able to function. You want to be able to function. And you went from being a size where you could not function and you were not healthy. Right. So when you are giving these tips, you want to help people function and have a form that can serve yourself and others. Right. But Water. nobody's telling you that anyone wants you to look like Heidi Klum or Naomi Campbell or anyone in between. Right. I Absolutely. just use very like old, old, outdated references. I know who they are. Okay. Water and lettuce never killed anyone unless they can't swallow or choke. Or unless the lettuce was stuffed in a plastic box and gravy coli. What are you talking about? Like well, Chipotle's I don't know. tried to kill like okay, tons maybe, of people. Okay, maybe, but I'm not talking about E. coli. I'm talking about like <laughs> lettuce is good. Experiment with lettuce. Clean lettuce, yes. Clean lettuce is good. I start- And then it's like you kind of appreciate the taste of fresh earth. Yes, fresh earth. Yeah, you often say that I love dirt. I remember like, I eat Like the flavor. I like dirt. I do too. I like to start every, not every meal, but I like a meal with a lot of lettuce. And that's what I've been making for Alessandro, who's on his his weight loss journey right now. I do like a big Tupperware of lettuce and then little, 
he goes to the beach with his cousins because at the beach, it's like you can have fries and right. grilled cheese. It's like no one's being set up for success. So I do a big Tupperware of lettuce and then I do little Tupperwares of like a little bit of protein, some nuts, yeah. some avocado. See, that's perfect. Those great dressings you got me at Trader Joe's. And then he mixes them Love all together and he loves it. And he's already at the point. I mean, we're you know, we're sh- we're filming this, we're recording this in the summer and we're like a month into summer and he has already started to say things like, I'm starting to look forward to my lunch and not want yeah. that other stuff. Because changing those little behaviors for either one meal or two meals changes your outlook. You see results, you feel better. Right. And he's becoming more aware of that. Right. And it's it's so good to feel good. It really is. And water, sometimes I will say when you're thirsty, it might feel like you're hungry. Absolutely. And that's like one thing that I think is super important. Water is so important. I have water bottles with – when I filmed my last course, which is about to come out, Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love, I encourage you all to check it out. Um, but when I filmed, you're like, Brianna's laughing at me as I plug my course. (laughs) But when I was filming it, I had just purchased this thing – it's like the largest water bottle in the whole world. And it has like times on it, but it has like the entire day, like 8 a.m. to like midnight of what but you're supposed to But then does that stress you out? That <laughs> no, might stress, stress some people out. But I look every time I picked up this water and I did it on camera to be like, I'm drinking my water. <laughs> but everyone who was filming the, the course just burst into laughter. They're like, you look like some kind of deranged adult baby with your big bottle. Like <laughs> It's just like. Ugh, I, I mean, water bottle shopping up. is a oh, big it's deal. It's a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> we have like, so what do you many like to fucking drink water from? bottles Do you like an open bottle? Do you like a straw? I do like a straw. I li- I prefer a straw. Also. I actually, and I, I, you know, I can do a lot of things, but maneuvering around ice cubes is not one of them. No, I hate ice cubes. I, I can't have ice cubes in a glass unless there's a cover on the glass. I also don't really like cold. I like... I've, yeah, I, we have a water cooler in Long Island, and I always do cold and then a splash of boiling to keep. But it then room also, like, does it fit in the little hole thing in a car? See, I don't drive a lot. Well, see, that's like a thing to think about. So you're like conscious of these things. But yes, water, water, water. When I wake up in the morning, I mean, I love coffee. I love it. So coffee, I just like to take a moment, give you a little bit of thank you. I love you, coffee. But I, even I, as much as I love coffee, I have to have a big glass of water first. Like I won't drink the coffee. Like I, I've now come to a point where like, they say that waking your body up with a cup of coffee is like setting a fire truck as your alarm. Oh, well, I do that. And my alarm is the evacuate earth alarm. That But so you have coffee before water? Yeah. How do you do that? You need to know. switch. Okay. I'm okay. I'm here I'm to balanced. help my balanced Brianna, your new nickname, with a tip. Drink water first, first thing in the morning. It feels so good and you'll get addicted to it and you need to fill all your little dehydrated creases with water. Cells, I think, would be a good word. Better than creases? Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, thank you for bringing all of your cells. That's a horrible ending. Thank you for coming. I'm going to stop myself. That's better. I love that you're in my (laughs) life. I appreciate your balance. I love your smile. I love your husband and your parents, and I love that we're friends, and I'm so happy that you're here. And thank you for taking the time to share your story with us so openly and honestly, and you're the best. Thank you for having me, Sophie. Thank you. Bye-bye.
If you are craving to go deeper on your self-love and body love journey, please join me inside my private Facebook group, The Self-Love Shack. We meet once a week to continue our discussions and go deeper. You can also check out my self-love courses and coaching options at selflovepeddler.com. Follow the link in the show description for more details. I leave you with this. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Sending you peace.